Have any of you ever been in some degree of danger, maybe even in a moment of crisis? It was the summer of 2000, and my wife and I were moving from uh, the Rocky Mountains of Avon, Colorado, down to the plains of St. Louis, Missouri, so that I could start seminary training. Uh, so we stayed with my wife's aunt and uncle. He is a pastor, was a pastor then, at the suburbs of St. Louis out by uh, St. Charles in the farmland. And for whatever reason, uh, the next morning they let us borrow their small white Dodge Caravan. And we had a meeting with a potential landlord in St. Louis within walking distance of the seminary where we would go check out an apartment. Now, I have to remind you that we are back in the summer of 2000. Siri and Alexa don't exist, at least that we know of. <laughs> there's no Google Maps. There's no Apple Maps. There's no GPS cell phones. If you had one, we did not. Were a flip phone. And the aunt said, why don't you two take our minivan to go meet the landlord? Okay, you know, never been there, so I think we might have had a map quest printed out. I've never been to St. Louis, so we just start out that next morning going down to meet our landlord. We're excited to see what this is going to look like and the seminary and everything. And we keep driving and I keep driving and eventually the gas light comes on. Now, this is also back before you could press a button on your dash and tell you exactly how many miles you had to empty. Right, this is a gaslight, and it's a guess in someone else's car that you've never even driven before. So I'm like, man, Ange, I think we've got to stop and get gas. I just don't want to chance it. So eventually we keep driving. Oh, maybe this is an exit we'll take. And, and we get to a gas station, and it just doesn't look right. And so my wife gets out and goes to the payphone and calls the landlord, and we scrounge some change out of their minivan for a couple quarters and, and put it in. And, and she's trying to, to, to describe where we're at. He goes, where are you? I was like, we don't know. We've never been here. He goes, did you cross the river? And I'm like, she goes, we crossed the river. I said, I don't know. And I look behind me, and there's the St. Louis Arch. And I said, I think so. And you know we believe in an omnipotent, omnipresent God. Sometimes in the Bible, God speaks through an angel. Sometimes in the Bible, God speaks through a prophet. Our God is God enough that he can even open the mouth of a donkey and speak to Balaam. That day, God spoke through the mouth of our would-be landlord who said to my wife on the payphone, Get back in your car, get the H-E double hockey stick out of there, and you call me when you get back to the other side of the river. We were at a Clark gas station in East St. Louis, and my wife said, this car here has driven by us very slowly two times now, Randy. 
So I quick go to the van and I think I scrounge up a $5 bill and I go to the gas station attendant window, which is inch and a half thick bulletproof glass. And I have to slide a five under that little pocket so it comes out the other side. And, and I put five dollars in there, praying the pump would go faster and faster and faster. And as soon as that was done, I don't even know if I closed the gas cap. I got in and left as much carbon in East St. Louis as that old minivan would muster. Blew through a couple stop signs when no one else was coming and got on the highway as quickly as I could. But there's no doubt in our minds that day that once again God proved to be a rock and a refuge for us. Have you ever found yourself in danger or maybe a crisis? In our fallen world, Danger and crisis is not the exception, but it's the norm. And so it's imperative for every single one of us that as we go through this challenging life, we have the right refuge. And I think it can be harder for us in our society today to see our own need for that refuge. Man, I just think of how affluent America is today, and I think of how self-proficient we are and, and how prosperous we are and how each day we're getting more and more advanced in science and technology. And, and I think what this can do is not leave as much room for God because we're so advanced that we can pretty well take care of us on our own. In fact, maybe on your Christmas list this year, you have a robotic vacuum or a self-parallel parking car or maybe even a self-driving car or a pacemaker, or an insulin pump, or with a press of an app today, we can have any good or grocery delivered right to our doorstep. We are so self-sufficient that not only do we squeeze God, but sometimes I think we don't even see our need for a God. But Psalm 31 today couldn't disagree more. We're going to look at the life of David who was facing a moment of crisis himself. And look at these words again with me. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me be put to shame for forever. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Deliver me quickly. Be a rock of safety for me, a fortress to save me. In David's moment of crisis that he was facing, he turned to the one place, the one person he knew would be there as a refuge. His deep 
seated relationship with the God of the cosmos who is always righteous in his ways and is always quick to listen to the needs of his children. And then David continues in verse 3 and 4, for my crag, that's a safe place, a rock cutout formation in a cliff, my crag and my fortress you are for the sake of your name. You lead me and guide me. You bring me out of the net which they have hidden for me. You are my safe place. What image is David drawing on in this moment of crisis in his life? The God who is a rock and a fortress and a crag and a buttress. The God who in any and every hardship is a sure and secure stronghold. And it's the image in this psalm today that has also made its way into many of our hymns, hasn't it? These are just some of the ones that come to my mind. A mighty fortress is our God. Christ is our cornerstone. On him alone we build. Rock of ages, cleft for me. My hope is built on nothing less on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Or in Christ alone, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. It's an image of a God who is a refuge and a crag and a safe place no matter what danger or crisis we face. There's a dual fold function of this psalm that I want to just draw your attention to before we press on toward verse 5. On the one hand, as David is facing this crisis in his life, Notice in verse 1 and 2 that this psalm is a prayer. It is a plea for help. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me be put to shame for forever. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Deliver me. Be a rock of safety and a fortress to save me. He is crying out to God for help. But this psalm is not just a prayer. Notice in the same exact thing it is also a profession while he's crying out on one hand on the other end he's also professing who his god is as he is facing this crisis he is a crag he is a fortress he is the god who leads and guides he brings us out of the net he is our safe place it is both prayer and a profession the mystery of this psalm is that we don't have enough in it to nail down what specific crisis david was in 
when the Spirit led him to author these words. Was he in a battle? Was he being betrayed, maybe by his son Absalom? Was he ensnared, facing an illness, being revived, isolated up in the cave somewhere, persecuting, maybe even facing death? We don't know for sure. But the mystery of the psalm is also the beauty of this psalm. Here's how. The wording in this psalm is intentionally general so that every believer can find themselves in this prayer, including other people of the Bible who would come after King David. Jeremiah, in a moment of national crisis, when God revealed to his prophet that because of Israel's unrepentant sin, God was going to bring a nation upon them to sack Jerusalem, Jeremiah used words from this psalm. Jonah, when he was well below sea level, <laughs> in the belly of a great fish, Facing one of the biggest moments of crisis in his life, he too cried out to God and used pieces of this psalm. And even in the Second Testament, Jesus, when he was face to face with his biggest moment of crisis, also used words from this psalm. David's words in verse 5, actually, were in this moment of crisis, this prayer and profession, David said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, faithful God. When did Jesus say the words of this psalm? When he was on his own rock. That's Golgotha, which means skull. And you can kind of make out the skull behind it in those various crevices. And when Jesus was hanging on that rock, Near the very end, close to three o'clock, and darkness was covering the land since noon, Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Where did Jesus stop? After the first line. Why didn't Jesus say the rest of verse 5 as David had done? The word ransom in Hebrew is padah. And it's a commercial term that implies a formal transaction is taking place. The transfer of something from one to another at a payment of price. And so in his greatest moment of crisis, 
why did Jesus stop after the first line? Father, into your hands I commit my spirits. Because he is the ransom. He is the formal transaction, the price of payment, his life for ours. The greatest evidence of just how faithful our God is. That Messiah would be our eternal rock and refuge. I don't know how many most of you came here today. I'm sure like David, I'm sure like our episode in East St. Louis that you too might be facing some kind of hardship or trial, especially during the holiday season. Maybe it's something with your health or finances, marital, just the holidays or get-togethers and having to see that one person again. Something in the family, something with the career, a change, a loss, something going on at school, or maybe it's facing the loss of a loved one this holiday or reflecting on a loss that just happened. But whatever the danger, whatever the hardship, whatever the crisis may be, we have Psalm 31. That's not just a prayer for help, but it's also a profession in the God who is our crag and rock and fortress and refuge. So whatever might have just come to your mind from this slide, what I want us to do as we wrap up this is let's go ahead and let's just pray and profess these words of Psalm 31 together because they're not just David's, Jeremiah's, Jonah's, or even Jesus, but they're ours. Would you pray and profess together with me? In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me be put to shame for forever. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Deliver me quickly. Be a rock of safety for me, a fortress to save me. For my crag and fortress you are. For the sake of your name, you lead me and guide me. You bring me out from the net which they have hidden for me. For you are my safe place. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, faithful God. Amen. And we'll have a couple questions during upper room time, reflecting on this psalm and the God who is a refuge for you and how that gives you incredible hope for whatever you might be facing today.